Amen. If you would, please turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. I'll begin to read in verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconum that they went both together in the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when was the assault made both the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, city of Laconia, and unto the region that lies round about. And there they preached the gospel. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight that you let the Holy Spirit use us and bless our hearts from thy word. Bless somebody that's listening tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was watching the news. I guess I'm going to have to quit because I get real upset every time I watch it. Uh, these uh, young ladies that was molested it was in the Olympics and and just watching the different things that's happening right now just really gets me upset. And I got to thinking about it. What right has the church got to disturb people? Well, the world disturbs people. Amen? Now, the question is, again, does the church have a right to disturb? Now, a lot of preachers, a lot of churches really believe that you come to church just to get soothed over, just to say some good things and sweet things and everybody shake hands and go home. Now, I just to give you a little illustration of what I want to say. Several years ago in a Texas school, there was a terrible explosion that took over 300 young lives. And a man that worked at the school knew the gas line leak that caused the explosion, but told no one about it. And although he is not legally charged with a crime, everyone knew about it, labeled him a criminal for not telling of the potential death trap. I read that little thing years ago, and I got to thinking about it. You know, that's exactly the church's position in the world today. Now, we are to warn people of the error of their ways whether they like it or not. Now, it's sure better to be disturbed for a while than to be destroyed for all eternity. My goal has been, ever since God has called me to preach, is to keep people out of hell. Amen? That's my goal. If I can just lead one person to Christ, if I can get one life changed for Christ's sake, that's my goal. Now, here in Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, 
is a group of Jews trying to stir up some seeking Gentiles. Now, if it's all right for unbelievers to stir up the church because of the stand we take for Christ, then it's certainly all right if we stir up the unsaved for Christ's sake. Truly, it's the church's right to disturb. Now, I want to give you something. Number one, this is the days when disturbance is prevalent everywhere you look. Acts 14, verse 2 says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. Notice who's doing the stirring up here. It was those people who had uh, pushed Paul and Barnabas out. It was those people who wanted to get a mob to run the missionaries out of town. Uh, They said the same thing about Paul and Barnabas as they say about us today. You don't want to go down there. They'll make fools out of you over Christ. Amen? Now, these people will make fools of you. Let's get rid of them. This is what the unbelieving group is still trying to do, is stir up people. They were opposed to every good work the church tried to do. Notice, why did these unbelieving Jews stir the people up? Because Paul and Barnabas already got them stirred up. That's why they wanted to undo what the church had done and what the Lord had done. Now, whether you believe this or not, if we're a soul-winning church, it's winning people to Christ, the majority of Tampa don't like it. They like their sins. They like what they're doing. They like the, they like their nightclubs. They like their strip joints. They like the uh, the sins of the world, and they they don't like it. And they want you to shut up and be still and quit preaching Christ and preach quit preaching salvation. Now I get upset today when people uh, say the church uh, doesn't have a right to disturb. If the unsaved people can stir then so can we. There ought to be something in this old sin-sick world the church can get disturbed about. I get disturbed that purity is no longer good for young people. I don't know what's going on in our world right now, or in our country, I mean, especially. What is this thing of men and women just living together and not wanting to get married? I don't understand that. But I, I, I see it all the time. I mean, everywhere you turn... Uh, people, uh, young people are getting married. They they living together. They're having children together. They pay their bills. They do everything else together, just like they're married. But they don't see the importance of getting married. Now I got news for you. If a young person comes to me and they talking about things like that, I'll, I'll say to them right up front, "You need to get married under God, because that's God's way of doing things." Amen. Oh, people don't like that. We live in a new age, preacher. Then get them stirred up. Listen, I get disturbed that marriage is no longer a a secret as it used to be. I get disturbed that thieves are no longer counted as crooks and gangsters. They live in hotels uh, rather than in prisons. I like over at my lake place, I love our uh, sheriff over there. I mean, I just like him, man. He's good. Uh, there's a guy killed one of their sheriffs over there in Polk County, and Judge said, uh, uh, they asked Judge, how come you shot him 56 times? He said, because we run out of bullets. And he meant, he said that on the national news. 
And they got all over him because he shot somebody, shot a policeman. Now, uh, when you think about this, I, I, I'm glad that, you know what he did over there in the jails? He took away their basketball courts. He said, you didn't come here to hey, play basketball. This is prison. He even took away their underclothes. He said, if you want underclothes, you work for it and get them. Buy them yourself. And he, tell, he said, this is prison. This is not a hotel. And what people uh, get the idea today, if they do something crooked, that they say some kind of gangster outfit, they just go to a hotel and stay. I went to visit a guy. Uh, he had eight years in prison. I was talking to a little hole in a, in a door, and he's living in there with a bunch of rest of them. And I went there, and I said, how you doing, buddy? He said, I ain't so bad. I said, what are you talking about, you ain't so bad, you're in prison. Oh, he said, I got a colored TV. And we all watched that. He said, I got food on my table and clothes on my back and roof over my head. He said, I'm doing pretty good. In prison? Now, you think about that for just a minute. We've lost this thing of punishing thieves for what they do. I get disturbed over that. Amen? If the church ever fails to disturb men, it has failed. I not you look at verse 3. Long time, therefore, both they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now, I got news for you. You get people's lives being changed, people getting saved, and homes getting straightened out, and people living for the Lord, brother, you disturb a bunch of people. Now, Notice what this verse 3 said. They preach boldly. Boldly means to speak with power and conviction. And if we don't disturb people about their need for salvation in Christ, then they are unsaved and bound for a devil's hell. Then verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. But the multitude of the city was divided. People need to be divided. Do you know that? A Christian has no fellowship with the unsaved. Turn over with me just a minute to Matthew chapter 10. Now we're living in a, a world right now that the uh, devil's trying to get ready for the Antichrist to come, a one world church order, and he's saying we all ought to get along. I got news for you. I ain't getting along with that bunch. Verse 34, I want you to watch it. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foe shall be there at his own household. Now, you think about that for just a minute. And notice what God is saying here. Did you know I was talking to a young person here, not, oh, it's been a while now, about getting saved. And I was going right through the Bible. And I come right down the Romans Road. And I said, now, if you believe that you're a sinner, and if you'll ask the Lord to come into your life and save your soul, God will do it for you. And she started weeping. And she said, Preacher, if I do, and I believe what you're telling me to do, my mother's in hell because she believes in the Catholic doctrine. Now, i got a lot of Catholic friends that are born again, they're saved. But if you believe in the Catholic doctrines, brother, you're going to hell, whether you like it or not. 
And I and I believe she said, If I believe that, I can't do that, preacher. I just can't do that. Well, wait a minute. And I told her, I can show you in the Bible, according to Luke chapter sixteen, those in hell sure don't want you to come down there. I don't care if it's your mother or whoever's down there. They don't want you down there. Amen. And so there's a division in the Bible. Jesus came in this world and He said, I come in here to divide. And if your daughter won't, don't want to go the right way, your mother don't want to go the right way, your father don't want to go the right way, and so on, you make sure you go the right way so there's a division. And me and my wife settled this a long time ago. That if you're going to live under our roof, if you, I don't care which child you are, if you're going to live under my roof, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And if you don't, get out. Amen? And I mean it. And if you don't want to serve my God, you're not going to live under my roof and cuss God and do all the crazy things that the world does. We need to take a stand. And it causes division, whether you like it or not. But you got to disturb. I never will forget when I was working for Shell Oil Company, superintendent for them, and on a job, and I got saved, I got born again, and I started uh, witnessing to the fellows on the job. And in noontime, they used to sit all of us sit around, right around the same place, and we'd tell jokes and carry on. And after a while, here I am sitting over here, and all of them sitting over there. And they didn't want to have nothing to do with me after I got saved. But let me tell you something. You know where the peace of God is? That same bunch, when they had trouble, when they got sick, when their loved one got sick, guess who they called? They called me to pray for them. They, you have to be divided. You have to uh, be bold in standing. People need to be divided. A Christian had no fellowship with the unsaved. Those first Christians didn't have to disturb people. They could have said, you have... Uh, we have our God, you have your God, let's just not disturb one another. But they didn't do it. They stuck to the Word of God. Spiritual disturbance is the only way to genuine peace. Can I show you something? Turn over to First Timothy for just a second. First Timothy chapter 4. No, Second Timothy chapter 4, I'm sorry. Chapter 4 and verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Do you know what I want to be able to do when I lay down to die? I want to lay down and die in peace. You know what that peace is? I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Verse 7. I have kept the faith. Amen. That's the way I want to die. That's peace. Because, notice, Paul said, because he stood for what is Scripture, no matter what or who he disturbed, yet he was right with God. Remember Jonah? Jonah was okay down in the ship. But he wasn't safe there. When Jonah got out of the ship and disturbed in the belly of the whale, then peace came to him. You cannot have peace outside the will of God. And so what I'm trying to say is, 
If you're going to be, if you're going to live the kind of Christian life that God wants you to live, you're going to disturb some people. It might be your wife, it might be your husband, it might be your next door neighbor, it might be somebody that you dearly love and care for. But you cannot just go along and say, "You go your way, I'll go mine," because when it comes down to dying, that one that you love or care for, you think about this: if you don't tell them what is right. They go into a burning lake of fire forever and ever. I don't want nobody to go there. Amen? And I, I'd rather disturb them. Hey, if I can make you mad and get to thinking about the Lord, I'll do everything I can then to get you mad. If that's what it takes. I hope it don't take that. But if that's what it takes to tell you the truth, if, it, if the truth makes you mad, then help yourself get mad. But the truth stands. I like what an old preacher said years ago in a sermon I, I wrote it down he said always tell the truth because the truth stand on its own if you tell a lie you're going to have to prop it up with another lie and then another lie and then another lie because a lie never stands on its own it has to have another one to prop it up and so if you stay to the truth and tell the truth the word of God It'll stand. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're glad we're saved tonight by Your grace. But help us, dear God, that when it comes time to witness to our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, those that we are close to, don't hold back. Tell them the truth in kindness, in prayer, in love. But stand for the truth. We ask you to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. I think I just found a truck.